Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in this Simply Happy Conversation, I'm talking with Kate from Wonder Kind & Co., a mental health social worker who supports children, families, and health professionals to heal, grow, and thrive. Kate shares ideas around using animals and creating a safe environment to develop connections. She also shares simple tips to nurture your own mental health that flows onto the whole family. This interview is also a video recording that you can find on YouTube. Let's jump into this Simply Happy guest conversation. So I have Kate from Wonderkind and Co. with me today on Simply Happy Conversations. She is a social worker for mental health for children, families, and also professional health workers. So welcome, Kate. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on, and I look forward to hearing about all the work that you do. Maybe start with things that you like to do in your free time. Um, some of the things I like to do in my free time, I love cooking for the family and friends and walking with friends. I had a few laps of the Eastern Gardens as well. Um, I love camping with my family when we're able to get out and about and really make a lot of time for resting and listening to music when I'm trying to wind down. Yeah. What sort of cooking? What's your favourite type of cooking? I do like making the odd birthday cake, um, but mostly just big family meals where everybody can enjoy something. Yeah. So you're you're more you like the sweet cooking, though. I don't mind sweet cooking if if I'm eating for myself, and I prefer to put on a, like a lovely big lunch, lots lots of Italian um, things to pick on, and soup and breads and things like that. Um, but I do like I get so much enjoyment out of making the kids' birthday cakes because they get so much enjoyment out of picking them, and then you know it's a surprise in the morning when I've done all the icing and they come out and see it, and then even more excitement when they've got their friends over. Yeah, have you? I know I know where I'm going to next to get my cakes <laughs> have you seen um hamish's blake's hamish blake's birthday cakes oh i've seen one or two yeah there's some great ones around yeah is it that level or it's more the cake uh no it's like just the woman's weekly ones pretty oh, much yeah. i think i had that tradition when um when i was little with mum and i remembered really enjoying it so i think we've carried on that little family tradition when the kids you know just yeah. as out of it I know my kids love flicking through that book as well and choosing the next birthday cake. Yeah. So tell us about the business and how you started it and why. I suppose, well, I've been in the industry for about 20 years now and I've worked in Melbourne and across in Scotland for 13 years and we came back to Australia five years ago and I had the idea of that's where I wanted to go. Um, before we left Aberdeen and when I got back I was lucky enough to be given two opportunities one down the forensic pathway and the other down the children and families pathway and I decided you know I really want to open my own private practice one day so I'm gonna go down the children and families pathway so I've spent a very fortunate five years at MacKillop learning you know um, right in the thick of it and being um, immersed with 
so much learning and experience that I felt very equipped to um, take that next step and that leap of faith um, within myself to venture into um, opening Wonderkind Co. Um, Wonderkind Co is kind of like a combination of all the types of therapy that I like doing, very experiential. So there's play and there's cooking and there's, you know, some brief interventions, some more technical, you know, trauma-informed interventions as well. So it's um, a great little toolbox to um, help support anybody who can come through the door and I'm willing to give it a good go. (laughs) So, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm delighted to be able to hear and, um, get here, you know, in such a, I think COVID was a time when, you know, we were really contemplating what we were going to do next and what we were, you know, prioritising how we wanted to spend our time. And I just thought, you know, I'm ready. I'm going to do it. I wanted to do it by five years back in Australia anyway. So I kind of pushed myself to get up and running and ready to go. Maybe tell us something a little bit more about the services, especially the trauma ones and how it might help the listeners to support their own children. Yes, I do a lot of work with treating attachment pathology. So um, that's looking at the relationship dynamics between young people and their carers, whether that's a biological parent or a foster parent or an adoptive parent, and really trying to strengthen that connection. Um, If we can do that, we can get a lot more safety into that relationship. And from there, we have a great platform to be able to do more in-depth, longer-term support. So a little bit of acceptance and commitment therapy as well, and that helps me kind of understand, you know, all the different things that are showing up or um, that the clients are experiencing from an emotional level to um, our cognitions to behaviourally, how our behaviour is changing, our moods, all of those um, internal sensory receptors within our body, our automatic things as well that are showing up to really unpack and look what's going on there and try and allocate and work out the functions to why those are showing up at that particular time. And then we kind of progress into some some different, dependent on different ages, but um, just introduced TheraPlay, which is an attachment-based play therapy to do with parents or carers and young people. So this would be particularly helpful if we need to moderate the window of tolerance. So if a young person's got some behavioural difficulties or emotional distress or find it really hard to engage with other young people or concentrate for a certain period of time, we can access that emotional part of the brain through play compared to, say, a talking therapy, which would stay in the, the cognitive part of the brain so we can upregulate and downregulate certain activities to increase the young person's exposure um, to different types of things and then that helps widen their window of tolerance to be able to manage in a safer place um, and then we'd extend that to other parts of, you know, their communities, so whether it's the kindergarten, school, you know, more in the family home. So that's been really fun and I've had, you know, some great fun with some um, NDIS young people and their parents um, with that. I also do a bit of EMDR, which is the eye movement desensitisation and reprocessing, which is one of the top um, two trauma treatments. 
Um, this is a later stage, so a phase two trauma treatment. So once we've got that stable platform, once people have um, got a stabilisation strategy in place and quite a good self-care plan in place and are able to recognise and articulate some of the different symptoms and attributes that are showing up as a result of their mental health and particular stressors, um, and then once we are able to identify all of that, then we'll kind of pull out some memory networks and look at certain cognitions that are attached to that and do some bilateral brain stimulation with the fingers or a wand or moving the eyes back and forth um, to try and remove some of the unneeded information that's still being held up in those neuro pathways and replace it with some more adaptive information that has occurred since. So it's all very hands-on therapy, like it's, yeah. Yeah, it's very technical. It sounds very technical, but <laughs> very gentle at guiding people through the process and um, supporting them along the way. Um, so if they're, you know, at a stage and, and it takes time for people to, to be ready to receive trauma treatment so it's a big thing to go through and it's very draining and emotionally draining and so but you know when people are ready then we're here and here to help um and a lot of it is around that relational connection with the therapist as well so I make a big um effort to make sure we've got an inviting space here it doesn't feel too clinical it feels quite homely and you know to answer any questions and you know be very transparent with you know, the recommendations or the steps that we need to get through to get to the next step healing journey. And so what sort of age do you generally work with? It's a real mix. Mm-hmm. So um, I work with, you know, the TheraPlay um, and um, is more tailored towards younger children, but it can be used for children in their teens as well. I My age group that I work with, um, most of the be around three, four to ten, and then stabilization strategies and self-care plans for absolutely every everybody. It doesn't matter how old you are, it's never too young to start learning about emotional intelligence and how to put in a trauma-informed stabilization strategy to, you know, support you in the moment if, if things are quite distressing. And then a self-care plan to help you identify what your baseline is when you're, you know, when you're okay, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What is your thinking like? What is showing up in your body then? What's happening when you move from one of your environmental domains to the other to um, mapping out a baseline about what it looks like when you're, you know, impacted by something, whether it's stress or grief or um, anxiety. So how how you change um, within all those different domains within yourself when you're you're impacted, and then what are some trauma informed strategies to help bring yourself back down? You know, by identifying it, we've got agencies, so we know what that looks like. We know what that feels like. We can put in plans to let other people know how to help us in those situations. Because sometimes when we're impacted or overwhelmed by something, we don't necessarily recognise that within ourselves. So we need some other people to help us say, hey, are you okay? What can I do to help? So, yeah, we get a a big, robust plan in around that. And that's for all age groups. Maybe just share with us and do Bear and Cannibal how they um, are part of the process as well but even just the, the like little kids what what are some of the things that you do with them yeah 
Because therapy can be quite anxiety for all ages to come in and meet somebody new and talk about really vulnerable things. It's a big ask for people. So I try to give as much information around the process um, as possible. And, and that's why we've got the things like the website and the Instagram so people can get a bit of an understanding about the flavour of the work that I do here. Um, but we also do little welcoming things for our um, maybe some of our clients that are a bit resistant or a bit anxious about coming. So sometimes I might put one of the little teddies out on the door that's written a note to a little young person saying that they're looking forward to meeting them. Um, and then when they come in, you know, they've got a little security toy with them. Um, sometimes we make different games up. So I might put some stepping stones outside and, you know, the kids have to, you know, follow the little stepping stones to get into the therapy room, just something that's going to reduce the anxiety and take that little bit of the pressure off. Sometimes we use the, the animals. Um, we've got Cannibal, a gorgeous little bunny. Um, he's still, he's still, he needs to be safe, but he's, um, will be a little bit more therapeutic, I think, after that. He's going through a little bit of a feisty stage at the moment. And Bear is a very relaxed dog, so um, he's very calming and there's some sen sensory elements to having the pets around um, as well. So it can just take the pressure off that interpersonal, you know, expectation initially from having to talk about, you know, vulnerable things that we can have time to develop some rapport or the shared um, interest or, you know, there's a, a third animal in the room, you know, it can um, help. Ease, ease that into that relationship and into the, the dynamic. Yeah, amazing. Pet, pets are just amazing. Animals are really amazing at helping children to, you know, just relax and, and let go of all that anxiety. Yes. Yeah. So maybe share with us your top tips around nurturing mental mental health, maybe the parents, because like, like I've seen on your Instagram page, you know, kids learn from um how we respond to things so they mirror our responses so it's really important for us to be looking after our mental health for our own children yeah they not only mirror our responses but um you know they they mirror our regulations so if if we're regulated then the children are more likely to be regulated um as well and that goes back to when they're the children are in in mum's time and listening to our heartbeat and um you know, co-regulating um, in that way. So if if we as, as parents or adults can um, learn some different strategies to help regulate ourselves um, in the moment with the kids, I think we've all got times when we can, you know, take ourselves away and have a little cry or scream or, or whatever, but when we're in the moment with the kids and um, responding to them and listening to them and um, trying to problem solve whatever is showing up then I think. Um, the biggest thing I think people can do is just really pay attention to what's showing up in them. So, um, you know, I do a lot of work around emotional intelligence development and I think being able to articulate um, and have a, a place in the house where you can, you know, identify different emotions um, and use that as a bit of a resource to check in with each other about how we're going. Are we happy? Are we sad? Are we being silly? Are we stressed? Or just getting that dialogue going is, is really helpful because if we can identify it within ourselves, 
and we know where that's in our body, then we're one step closer to um, having some insight into what's going um, on as well. And every emotion um, shows up for a, a really valid reason, whether it's a, a glug in a throat that we've done something that well, we maybe shouldn't or, um, you know, we're feeling a bit of guilt or, you know, sadness because we've you know, lost somebody, you know, close to us but we can't see people at the moment, um, isolated, you know. There's the, all these emotions and the, and the feelings um, and thoughts attached, they're all showing up for a reason and they want us to do something, respond to ourselves in a certain way or um, respond to a situation. So I think, you know, making the time to really identify why that's showing up and either say, just hi, thanks for showing up, I'm, I, I know that, you know, I can't do that right now but we're going to get back to you. Um, and not try and avoid or suppress or reject things that are showing up within ourselves because if we do that, then we get what I like to call residual emotions, it's like a, a snowball effect, and it's going to escalate and maybe come out in other forms, whether that's, you know, a ruminating brain and thoughts going around your head or a little bit more irritable about something or, you know, takes you away from the person that you want to be or the life that you you, you want to lead. So. Yeah, being really mindful about what's showing up, um, you know, and finding a way to work through that, knowing your triggers, knowing, you know, your symptoms, um, being mindful of your thoughts and not all of our thoughts are facts. We've got, you know, a number of different voices um, driving our thoughts and they come into play at different times. Um, so we just need to be mindful about, you know, which voice we're listening to and why. And it's very hard to do that if you're caught up you know, being overwhelmed um, by something. So that's why we need to, you know, keep working on your support networks as well and um, slowing down. I think that's a big thing at the moment and I think we're being forced to do that in one way with COVID, but, um, you know, it's creating other pressures <laughs> as well. So it's just um, I think it's important to just slow down and, and realise that we're in a really difficult situation at the moment and everybody's doing the best that they can and as are, you know, lots of mums and um, families who are, you know, working and homeschooling and, you know, still being a parent. So, yeah, <laughs> yep. life's tricky at the moment. <laughs> it is. And then there are people who actually do have that extra time of, Yes. But in the others, they've got that financial stress because maybe they're yes. not working too. So everyone has some sort of stress from this, don't they? Oh, yeah, yep, they do. And yep. just trying to prioritise some of the things in life that are really important to you. So you are filling your bucket up, you know, as well, as much as you can um, during these times. Yeah, oh, I think that beautiful points. I especially love the one about um, having the emotions or even a a display of some kind for maybe for children who cannot express their emotions so that you're linking back to them with yeah. um, your own as well. And it's a great reminder for ourselves as well to to use that language, isn't it? Yep, yep, yep. There's some great resources around, but the, the I think I've got one on the um, Insta page that I did maybe a couple of years ago with Eliza where we just went to Bunnings, Bunnings like this, but we got all the paint cards and we... Um, put a bit of masking tape down the back and we identified a colour, different colour to the different emotion and we put it down like almost like a thermometer and then we've got just some pegs on the side so we've got that sticking up in our kitchen area, you know, and we used to do it a bit more frequently but we do it now. How are you feeling today? And 
you know, they run up and get their peg and put it on their on their card and it gives you a bit of insight into what they're thinking and what they might be feeling as well and starts yes. a conversation. Definitely. And I think that schools do that really well. They come into the classroom and they have that there. So it's sort of bringing that back and putting it into our homes as well to be able to have those conversations. Yeah. And there's also some great... Um, um, emotional colour wheels on the internet as well. They're great. They've got so many different, um, you know, emotions that, you know, I even haven't heard of some of them or use some of them frequently. <laughs> like there's so many out there. And you yeah. can you can do get really creative. Like you've got a, a giant Jenga set with some different emotions on it as well. So there's lots of different. I think Richard Rose has got a number of different games that you can play with Jenga, um, which is all around emotional intelligence as well. Oh, they're beautiful. Oh, thanks for sharing those too, those recesses, resources. So if people want to connect with you and you do post some great um, information on your Instagram page, that are great resources for parents to anyone to really go and connect with, how can they find you? Well, we've got our website out now. So that's at www.wonderkindandco.com. And I think... Um, I don't know whether you can share that as well, Morale. Yeah, I will. And the Insta page as well. Like I am not a technological expert, so I'm just trying to put things up there that are a little bit thought-provoking or helpful for people that might be reading as well. There's nothing fancy there. (laughs) No, but you do. You've, You've really thought about the content that's going out there that's sharing and it's very meaningful and impactful. So it's great. Keep it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Kate, for your time. And um, yeah, and I look forward to sharing the links as well in the show notes for everyone. So thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you'd like to reduce your paper and digital clutter and free yourself from the overwhelm of clutter so that you can claim back time and space to enjoy the things you love, head over to simplyhappy.com.au in the resource section and grab the declutter checklist and start to reduce your clutter even with small amounts of time. Mm